I often receive questions that sound something like this. I tried to tell my friends, co-workers, parents, pastor, spouse about the New World Order, and they think I'm totally crazy. What should I do? There are a lot of things to say about this, and several ways that I could answer this question. I'll start by addressing the people who are brand new to the idea of the New World Order, as they are most often the people who ask this type of question. I would want you to know that you're in a kind of phase that lasts about one or two years that just about everyone who has ever fallen down the rabbit hole of conspiracy information goes through. I think it should have a clinical name like short-term New World Order Freakout Syndrome or something like that. In reality, this quote-unquote syndrome is actually less about the New World Order and more about human psychology. You've just found out that most of what you thought you knew about the world isn't true at all. That can be traumatizing, especially for people who put a lot of stock into what they know about the world. Most males fall into this category. That is, we really like to be able to explain how the world works to people. It's just how we are. But it's certainly not limited to males. When you fall down the rabbit hole, it's like you've had your mind washed. Everything that you thought you knew has been swept away, and you begin this mad dash to try to rebuild your knowledge about the world. And all of what you're finding out about this world in that search seems to suggest an epicness of great proportions. And it is epic. But I promise you, once you have enough information to be able to tell the truths from the half-truths and the outright lies that are out there, everything will get a bit easier to parse. I mean, at this point in a person's rebuilding process, they can give about as much weight to the idea that fluoride or vaccines are bad, something that I believe is on the true side, as they do that reptilians created the moon and planet X will crash into the earth next week, or that the mark of the beast is attained by listening to Beyonce. You need to understand that you are a sitting duck for all kinds of wrong stuff at this early stage because you have been mentally traumatized and you're staying up nights sweating as you're trying to determine what's true and what's not, trying to rebuild your worldview. First, I'd like to say to you that this is normal, and that you will get through it, and that you should continue to try to figure out what's going on with the world and rebuilding your paradigm, but try to do it from good sources. I know that's next to impossible right now because you're not even sure what criteria to look for in a good source yet. But if you're a Christian and you know the Word of God, rely on God's gift of discernment. Look for the fruits of a teacher. Are they bearing good fruit or bad fruit? But you should be rebuilding your paradigm with the goal of doing the job relatively quickly and getting to a point where you are stable and productive and not scaring the crap out of all the people that love you. Because here's the thing, you do sound crazy to them when you are experiencing short-term New World Order Freakout Syndrome. You're super intense. It's all that you want to talk about. And this is probably true even if you're only interested in the somewhat normal topics like financial stuff or 9-11. But it's even more true if you're more interested in the 101 flavors of fringe stuff. Imagine if an extremely intense person was trying to tell you that HARP caused a recent hurricane and that the Nephilim spaceships had something to do with it, meanwhile the Pope is drinking blood with Obama and Britney Spears. But let's assume for the sake of argument that everything that you're super excited about is true and important for them to know. After all, I know that a lot of the fringe stuff can be true too, or at least parts of it. You have to realize that it's 
too much for some people to take in, and that there are all kinds of reasons for this, which we'll talk about later. But don't take it personally. It's just too much for some people to take. You basically have to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You know the person you're trying to convince, right? And if they're being resistant, despite your tireless efforts, just let it be. For some people, all you're going to do is burn the bridge of the relationship even more. If they're going to find out about what you want them to know, they will need to do it on their own. Some people won't learn this from you and need to figure it out for themselves. You planted a seed. Trust me, they took it into consideration somewhere in there. And if they see something on their own that confirms it, they'll believe you down the road. I can't tell you how many times people have said to me, "You know, I always thought you were crazy back then, but since then, I'm starting to think you were right about so and so all along." But continuing to hammer them with it is only going to be bad for your relationship at that particular point. It's like when someone is involved in one of those multi-level marketing things, and you know all they ever want to talk about is getting you to buy into it. You eventually don't want to hang around with that person anymore. So I'm suggesting in those cases, let them breathe a bit. I assure you that that person's relationship means more than having them know that the Federal Reserve is bad. If they see that you're going back to being a normal person in your interactions with them again, not freaking out anymore, they're going to be far more inclined to believe it. Have a normal conversation with them. Find out what's going on with their life. This is especially true for wives of people who are hopelessly falling down the rabbit hole. Please hear this, men. Nine times out of ten, your wife or girlfriend is not wired for this stuff. She doesn't have the same drive to know about how the world works. She is concerned with her family and security and raising up good children, and having a freaking out husband that may or may not be crazy is about the worst thing that could be happening to her. It's messing with all those things that she is concerned about, and it's a very scary time for her. I have heard the same story over and over. This causes all kinds of extreme marital strain and can and does lead to divorces. Let your wife be your wife. If she's expressed to you that she's not cool with hearing about all this stuff, or even if she hasn't, but you know that she isn't and that she's very concerned about you, then please find another sounding board for what you heard on YouTube that night. Let her know that you're going to try to pull it all together and try to put the information that you've been learning in the correct file and not let it affect your life in any meaningful way. Comfort her. Take her out to dinner. Talk about normal things. Also, try to avoid making rash decisions regarding your family at this point. Like, for example, okay, everyone, let's gather around. There are some new rules that we have to follow. Number one, the only thing that we're ever going to eat ever again is non-GMO flaxseed oil. We're all going to start keeping the Sabbath and the Feast of Trumpets. And by the way, we're moving to Mexico and burning our social security cards. And everyone needs to put this chunk of Oregon in the room to ward off ELF waves. If you're new to this, I guarantee that you have a lot of stuff that you just learned that you think is totally true that isn't. I'm speaking from experience here. I'm trying to save you the trouble that I went through and the strain that I put on people that I loved during those first few years of waking up. Yes, there are good and prudent things to do and teach your family about regarding the stuff that you're learning, and we'll get to that later. But for now, I'm just saying that I guarantee a sizable percentage of the stuff that you're freaking out about right now is totally wrong. This isn't your fault. 
This is just the nature of the truth information on the Internet. Often the same people who are giving the kind of information that you initially were looking for and that is totally true tell you other stuff that sounds just as true but isn't. And because the other stuff was so true, you decided that there was no point in looking into the new stuff to see if it really was true. Besides, they're charismatic and have fancy graphs, and after all, they know about the New World Order, so everything that they're saying must be true, right? I'll sum up this section about short-term New World Order freakout syndrome with some helpful tips. Number one, play it cool. It's not all going to go down tomorrow. You have some time to make sure that you know what you're talking about. Number two, be grounded in the Word of God. We'll talk more about this later, but be reading the Bible, or at least be listening to good preaching, not conspiracy Christian teaching on the Bible. That can go a lot of wrong ways, but just good preaching or Bible teaching. I promise you that if you're getting a daily dose of sound doctrine, it will protect you from 99% of the crazy theories out there. Reading the New Testament without any filter is a spiritual thing. As you're reading it, God will kind of download peace and wisdom to you that you're going to desperately need if you're planning on navigating through the muddy waters of the Christian conspiracy movement. Number three, take each situation on a case-by-case basis. If someone can't hear it, and they've made it clear that they don't want to hear it, let them be. However, if you're in a conversation with someone and they mention that they're going to take some crazy vaccine or something, let them know what you know about it. If they hear it, fine. But if they're mad about it, don't take it personally. Just move on. All you can do is try. You'll find that you'll get a lot more done in this regard by letting the conversations that you have with people dictate what aspects of the conspiracy stuff you tell them, and not trying to give each passerby the entire saga. When you do talk about something, do it calmly and be informed about it, and don't act like it's your way or the highway. That's a sure way to make anyone reject your message. Say things like, you know, I heard that stuff in diet drinks, aspartame, is really bad for you. They said that when it hit the market, brain cancer rates increased like 500%. Don't be married to that conversation. If they want to talk more about it, you'll know, and you should know your stuff and provide them useful information. If they give you the impression that they are not cool with the idea, let it be. What can you do at the end of the day but stay calm, stay informed, and plant seeds? Number five, give them a no-pressure option. One good idea is to burn DVDs of the best, listen to me, the best, most backed-up sound videos for people, using free programs like keepvid.com to download the file from YouTube and FreeMake Video Encoder to burn them to disk, and make sure these videos are appropriate to that particular person's situation. If you're trying to take someone from A to Z, then have a number of different videos on different topics. Leave them with the people and say, if you're interested, check some of these out, but don't make it a pressure situation for that person. Number six, be results-oriented. Examine your motives. Really, look deep inside and see why is it that you want people to know this stuff. If you really want people to know it because you're concerned about them, then you need to play the game to get them to learn it. You catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar, as they say. If your motivation is that you want to show people that you know more than them, and that they are the sheeple and you're not, and you want to, for example, teach your pastor a lesson about why he's wrong about this thing or that, 
then you're always going to be rejected, and probably rightly so. People can sense that kind of elitism, and at best they're just going to think you're a jerk, and at worst, totally crazy. The New World Order loses a lot of its sex appeal the more that you know about how that system operates. When people first learn about it, they think that every government leader or celebrity have little cards on it that say Illuminati, and they all go to meetings and plan on how to kill us. And that might be true to a very small extent, but Satan is a little more subtle with the way that he uses people to build his kingdom. For the most part, leaders and other people involved are pawns in his plan and deserve our prayers. A plan to do one thing, to bring about a time of forced worship of him and the killing of all the people who will not do this. We're often striking at the branches of this problem instead of the roots. We're all concerned about financial stuff or various deceptions and occult symbolism and silly videos, when at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus, not Satan. I'll talk more about this in a minute, but the Bible presupposes the New World Order, and really doesn't seem to think that much about it. Satan has always done this stuff. For example, he's always had kings and leaders of nations trying to get world domination, and they were part of satanic groups that secretly sacrificed their children, etc. It's all over the Bible, but the Bible mentions it almost in passing, as if it assumes that you know it. And most Bible readers are not shocked that this stuff is going on today, either. That's why most of the early New World Order researchers were Christians. But my point is that the Bible assumes you know it and actually gives us a different and far more epic battle to fight. Consider the Apostle Paul for a minute. Here's a guy who was beheaded by the Roman government, the emperor of which was often claiming to be God and forcing people to worship him. Can you imagine if our president was doing that? But do you ever hear Paul mention the word Nero? Does he ever do a PowerPoint presentation about the satanic worship of the Roman Empire in the temples of Rome, which, by the way, was far worse than anything that ever went down at Bohemian Grove? No, he's on a far more epic mission, one that I believe the more that you actually understand, the more you will drop the evangelism of the New World Order and warning people to buy gold, and you'll be evangelizing the one to whom all things were made for and by and warning them to flee from the wrath to come. I will title this next section, What is More Important? And I'm assuming that many of the people listening to this are Christians, or at least considering it because they have realized on some level that Jesus is the real deal. I remember the day that I stopped handing out 9-11 DVDs and started handing out DVDs that explained who Jesus was and the gospel. I had just realized that all the most popular teacher types in the truth movement we're all doing a far better job evangelizing the New World Order than I was. For example, the movie Zeitgeist made more converts to the 9-11 Federal Reserve idea than anything ever before it. David Icke was selling out auditoriums, and Jordan Maxwell and Michael Tassari and Alan Watt and the rest were firing on all cylinders, promoting all aspects of the New World Order. I realized that not only was it already being done, but I realized that Satan was doing a fantastic job promoting the various aspects of the New World Order for his own purposes. And as I looked down at my 9-11 DVDs, I realized that I probably wasn't fighting the system as much as I thought I was, and that on some level, and for some reasons, Satan is just fine with people knowing about the New World Order. 
I talk about this in a video called My Rant to the Truth Movement, which I made right about that time. Now, I'm not telling you not to tell people about this stuff. I think it's important, and that some of you might even be called to do this kind of thing for various reasons. But I know that most of you aren't, and I can be sure of this because I know what we have been called to do, generally speaking, and do it is vastly more important than telling anyone about the New World Order. At this point, you're saying, yeah, yeah, evangelism, I know. And I understand your lack of enthusiasm, especially if you're a new Christian or you're still in freakout mode. The sex appeal I mentioned that the New World Order idea has seems to have far more practical value if you're trying to do something about what you're learning. But I'm telling you that it doesn't. I realize that if Satan really was planning on doing the things that the Bible says he will, and that if God is really planning on doing the things that he says he will, the most productive thing that I could do was put people in contact with the general of this fight, that is, Jesus, and that they could get marching orders from him. And after evaluating the nature and the teaching of those that I know to be involved in the New World Order, I found that the one thing that they really hate, and the one thing that they will actually kill you for, historically speaking, was telling people about Jesus. So I decided to hit him where it really hurts. Besides, I'm not just talking about evangelism. I'm talking about the Great Commission that says, Make disciples of all men. Making disciples may include evangelism, or it may not. Scripture makes it clear that we're not all evangelists. But you should be using your God-given abilities, whatever they are, to glorify God and to make strong followers of Jesus Christ. I assure you that you are wired for this. And if you begin on that journey which starts with you becoming a disciple yourself, a word which means a learner or a follower of Jesus, one who considers him your teacher and boss, and you actively research him and his teachings found in the New Testament, you'll become a person so filled up with the living waters that he gives to all those who sit at his feet that your giving those waters of life to others will be automatic and your greatest joy. It's just the way that we're wired. It will happen. When you're really using your gifts for God's glory, the innate desire that you have for purpose will be fulfilled. So, epicness. Let's talk epicosity for a moment. True epicness does await us, and the stakes are very high. But the coming wrath of God is going to be far more epic than anything Satan or the New World Order can do. That is the concern of Scripture. Revelation six fifteen through 17 says, And the kings of the earth... The great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Scripture looks past the New World Order's defeat. Satan's defeat is a done deal, and it won't have anything to do with you. God has the utter destruction of Satan and the New World Order covered. Read Revelation 19 and 20. It appears that he won't even break a sweat while doing it. But the best you can do for your friends and family is warn them to flee from the wrath to come and evangelize to them their only hope of salvation, that is, Jesus Christ. John 3:35 and 36 says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Again, I know many of you aren't there yet. You still don't understand that Jesus is more important than the New World Order. 
My hope for you is that you will, sometime soon, bow a knee to Jesus Christ and realize he knows more about the New World Order and everything else than you do, and that you would decide to identify yourself as disciples of his. I mean this in the old sense, the way the word disciple was used in ancient Greece. If you were a disciple of someone, you followed them around, you hung on their every word, you learned enough about them so that you could begin to emulate them. That's how we should identify ourselves, as disciples of Jesus Christ, not truthers or anything else under the sun. You don't have to give up learning about and telling people about the New World Order. In fact, I think it's a good thing to watch the signs of the times for the purpose of knowing and warning people. We're commanded to do as much, and acting in prudent ways on that information is good. But don't let it consume your life. Don't let it become an idol. Make Jesus your focus and help other people make him their focus. In doing so, you will give them the tools that they need to understand not just the new world order, but the very purpose of life itself. Be disciples first and truthers second. Thanks for your time. Hey everyone, thanks a lot for listening. My name is Chris White. If you have any questions, don't hesitate to write. My email address is chris at chriswhiteministries.com. For those of you that are getting a lot out of these audios or videos, consider supporting the show in one of two ways. The first is financially through a donation. This is a full-time ministry, so believe me when I tell you it really does help keep the wheels turning over here. I literally couldn't do this without you. There's a PayPal button at virtually any one of my websites like chriswhiteministries.com. The second way that you can support this show is through a five-star rating and or comment on iTunes iTunes considers that a very important part of their rating system, and it would really help me out a lot. So thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next time.